Welcome to Heart Wars Radio with your host, Miss Yona Brindis, Mr. Jeff Casper, and me, Ryan McCormick. Today is a special Valentine's Day edition of Heart Wars Radio. We're going to give you some tips and advice on how to strengthen that heart, how to find love, make stronger connections, and if you're alone, what kind of alcohol you should be consuming in vast quantities. So we're going to give you some great recommendations there. Welcoming Miss Yona Brindis, Mr. Jeff Casper. Thank you for being with us today on uh, Heart Wars Radio. And I guess to start off with the first question is, is there anything significant about going into this world and not finding love? Do you need to, is it important that all of us uh, connect romantically with someone? Or is that just an option that is not part necessarily crucial for our evolution? I think it can be a major accelerator on our journey an enhancer. Mm-hmm. So I think it's uh, it's part of our basic human needs, not just on a, on a physical level, um, but uh, on on a, a social level, you know, an emotional level to connect with others. And we all know what it's like when we um, experience joy. You know, the first thing we think of is like how to share this, you know, or with whom we want to share this with. So uh, from an energetic point of view. Uh, a, a an intimate relationship or a romantic relationship definitely can enhance a person's journey. It can also, uh, as we all know, um, turn it into a misery. But then again, uh, you could argue that this uh, misery is really just a mirror of some of the things that you still need to work on, that you yes. still need to go through. So in that way, it still is an, an expediter to a degree. It can uh, be, yes also be a trap but it, the, the, the trap is your choice so what what a relationship can do is it allows you like you know to mention you have a mirror right in front of you so to an aware person that creates the potentiality for you know when the other person begins to get upset or you get upset with them you begin to see there may be some patterns affecting each other and there's an opportunity there to see what you maybe could do differently what they could do differently what you could work on together so it's an opportunity that allows to possibly fast track some of your um, integration work it's a really interesting point. So if you are interacting with someone and whether you have harmony, whether you have chaos, is that a direct reflection of you, Is generally speaking? <laughs> there is multiple layers to that because uh, sometimes um, the chaos that we perceive, you know, is not actually a reflection, but is created by us. Right. All right. So that's the, the deeper part here on our journey that we need to discover is like what are the patterns involved in whatever we perceive as chaos uh, for the most part to boil this down really um, the reason why a relationship uh, can end up in this uh, chaos or drama or havoc uh, in people's lives is because that there is because there is an externalization part involved which means we externalized our um, ability <laughs> to be happy to the other person. Mm-hmm. We make the other person responsible for our happiness, and that is um, a big no-no, really, in our um, personal uh, consciousness development, because as soon as we externalize yep. um, our happiness, then, of course, we become dependent. Yep. And then, yes, uh, there will be parts uh, in that chaos that will uh, reflect back to us 
what uh, it is that we need to work on so that we can feel more whole within and so that we do not continue to externalize. But there will also be parts of us uh, that reflect the, the limitations of the partner. And uh, we can grow in the way that we can, you know, that love can really carry us uh, in this place of compassion and empathy and really learn through the other uh, what these uh, uh, or how these limitations can be transcended with love. So there is there is a deeper truth in um, love can transcend it all, but not in the way people think, not through a particular person or mm-hmm. uh, the one and only, but um, uh, in the sense that the resonance of love can heal and mend a person's inner fragmentation, inner oh. emptiness. What are the energetic properties of somebody who's codependent or somebody who falls in love on a regular basis? I, I want to just uh, reveal and say that earlier in my life I was one of those people I'd fall in love every other week. Ah, oh, this is the right one and I always wanted to do it. And I don't know, it was, it was pretty chaotic. So I'm wondering, what is the energetic properties of that? Well, it doesn't have anything to do with true love. That's for sure. And that's probably something you found out yourself. I found out myself. Yeah, me too. You know, so um, what we perceive (laughs) as love or what we perceive as attraction at that very moment uh, doesn't really have anything to do with love. If we look at it from an energetic perspective and the pure, actually measurable resonance of love, uh, then we'll find that that's something we cannot really um, get through a relationship. So your initial question, Ryan, was really good because ultimately we have to find this place within ourselves right. where we can resonate with love and lovingness and that would then probably be called self-love but not in the egotistical sense but in the sense that we can truly love all parts about ourselves, that we can unconditionally um, express you know, ourselves and allow others to be, mm-hmm. which uh, in the societal way of understanding love uh, appears to be very contradictive because the the practical application of romantic love in our societies is mostly based on control. It's mostly based on holding, on trying to catch someone, trying to um, uh, force someone, you know, to, to stay with you mm-hmm. uh, with all might, you know, including um, guilt tripping and jealousy fixing. And, and fixing and Pleasing all of that. And all those kind of things, yes. yes, and that's then, um, you know, those then become the expressions of conditional love, um, and uh, codependency is one of those. Right. Okay. Uh, it's, it's pretty intense. And there are people out there that are trying to find the the, the, the true love, the, the, their soulmate. And is that uh, is there anything that a person can do to uh, manifest that, to make it happen, and to make it happen even quicker? Yes, they can learn how to love themselves first. The, the biggest thing you can do to, to, to uh, attract a person that is loving or you would like to have a relationship that is based on true love, love from an energetic conscious state, you have to work on knowing how to love yourself first. So by learning how to integrate 
um, all your shadow aspects, your ego control issues, all those kind of things, and learning how to feel love within yourself, to truly accept yourself for who you are, uh, you begin to bring an energy about you or within you, actually, that kind of begins to attract that type of person. So if you want to change who you're going for, you have to change yourself. Okay. Yeah, ultimately, the search for the true one, if you will, you know, has to do with uh, really becoming it comfortable with being in a relationship with yourself. Yes. Then the, and not only then, because uh, uh, this was sort of the deeper, the deeper aspects of your of your previous questions. Yes, people that we encounter in our lives and that we interact with and that uh, we have relationships with are part of our vibrational match, which means. You know, they do reflect things back to us like where we're at. So if we want to, like, say, out vibrate the dating game, right? So many people are, are really tired of the dating game. Uh, then it's not done by uh, finding a different um, dating service or by uh, moving into a different city. It has to come from within. Mm -hmm. We have to really um, tune ourselves into that place of really wanting to be in a relationship with ourselves first. And so we always tell people, you know, don't focus on finding the better partner, mm -hmm. focus on becoming the better partner. Yep. Well, I want to ask you this. Right, so you said you have to love yourself, but what if you're with someone who says, oh, I, I love the person you're with loves you for all that you are, but then there are some parts about you that you can't stand about yourself. Does that mean that the relationship in some way, shape, or form is actually imbalanced? The fact that they may love more about you than, than you love about yourself, even though maybe you think you, you're not a bad person, that you're okay, but you don't love everything about yourself? Well, remember the, the, the chaos that we talked about here a few minutes ago uh, when I said sometimes it's created. Very often, um, the, the chaos that we perceive in our relationships is created exactly out of this imbalance. Right. So there's something that we cannot love about ourselves, something that makes us insecure about mm -hmm. ourselves, that makes us feel very vulnerable, mm -hmm. that makes us uh, uh, want to hide or that makes us uh, withhold or that makes us not fully expressing ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, including, of course, uh, repressing things or pleasing. And, or flipping the and, table and blaming the other person and beginning to question things, all those things. Yeah, so it is possible that you have a or that you experience a relationship where one partner is really capable of unconditionally loving and you are not. And quite frankly, this is the case more often than people think it is. Now, uh, there aren't really a lot of people who fully understand what unconditional love is. So, um for someone to actually say I love everything about you and, you know, that's it and there's nothing wrong with you. And to truly actually feel that way, that's a whole different story. Right. So people will sometimes say that, you know, to express their commitment or to, um, uh, you know, put you on a pedestal or uh, to feel elevated themselves, which isn't always based on unconditional love. Mm -hmm. It can be based on this externalization that we've talked about before, where, you know, you basically um, don't see yourself in a place that you can fulfill yourself. So you make the other the one 
that makes you feel whole and naturally then uh, you will glorify the other person. So there, there are various psychological um, uh, patterns involved here that have a lot to do with uh, how far uh, or, or how aware we are mm -hmm. of these things. I mean, I can say to Jeff, I love him as a whole, mm -hmm. you know, with all that he is. But really what I'm saying is I love all your shitty parts too, honey. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying you're perfect the way you are. I'm saying I just love you the way you are. And I'm okay with these parts that you cannot love about yourself right. that you're still working on. And I'm okay with the parts in me that I cannot love. And right. this is a mutual understanding that we have, giving each other the space to be imperfect and to con and, and to continue working on this and oftentimes actually working on these things together. Yep, exactly. Nope. If somebody goes up to another person, they, they put them on a pedestal. That's one of the things they should do. They should see someone and they're like, oh, you're so wonderful, you're so amazing, and all that. But, you know, God, I was such a... I don't know. I, I would smack myself so much if I was if I was in my forties. Well, because I am in there now. I was in my twenties. Like, what was I thinking? Because I'm wondering if you put someone perpetually on a pedestal, every new person you meet is that. What are the energetic properties of that? Is that um, a sign of low self-esteem, or is that a um, also an indication that a person may have a chemical dependency because when you fall in love or when you are with someone, there's that release of Oxycontin. You feel good all over. So I'm wondering if, if the comparable difference between somebody who is kind of stagnant in their, in their spiritual progress or somebody who happens to just be a drug addict when they don't even realize it, that they're just addicted to the body high from being in love. You mean like the person get the, is the person on the pedestal the one that's got the issue? You mean is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Well, the, you, the person uh, puts the other, the person goes out puts the other person on the pedestal with the expectation that it's the chase. You know, they they put them on the pedestal. They they constantly they 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 put people out there that they constantly want to fall in love over and over again. And I'm wondering is it a I'm wondering if it's a desire for the person to have the body high from the chemical induced you know feeling of being in love. Or is it something that has to do on a greater level or deeper level of mad, sorry, stagnation in their spiritual progress? Those are two different th um, mm -hmm. uh, questions. Okay. Okay. Yeah, oh, the chemical dependency okay. is something that takes place in all of us. We have that chemical dependency uh, program into our physiology. So there is the oxytocin that is being released when we connect. Mm -hmm. And by the way, not just when we connect with another but also when we connect with ourselves. And then there's um, uh, cortisol and adrenaline that is being <coughs> released when we feel alone, when we feel separate. And this cycle is continually playing out in our lives. That's why I personally uh, believe that we are pre-programmed to be in relationships, at least in social relationships, um, because uh, it is a natural desire, natural need that we have to actually go into connection with others. But um, uh, that aside, um, this is uh, just on the level of like, say, uh, sexual uh, neurotransmitters. You know, it's a it's an uh, autonomous nervous reaction that has nothing to do really with how we feel, how we truly feel about something. Mm -hmm. So you can have this, uh, this uh, uh, chemical dependency going on you know, um, you need to feel that um, uh, oxytocin coming in from connecting with another person because you cannot produce it yourself. In other words, 
underlying that the problem is is that you are not sufficiently connected with yourself and that you cannot sufficiently meet your own needs and that's then when this externalization process mm-hmm. occurs and uh, putting someone on a pedal stool is a specific form of that the externalization happens for the majority of people really this is kind of how we program through Hollywood movies, songs, and uh, you know, love stories, and and <clears throat> the drama involved in that. Because the drama, if you believe it or not, also creates um, <clears throat> or produces neurotransmitters in us that can be addictive as well. There is more people addicted to pain than you think there are. Most people actually cannot break out of this uh, perpetual drama cycle that they uh, create <coughs> because they get too much out of it. Right. There's a juice in that. The ego gets a juice out of that, even if it's dysfunctional. Right, on both sides. You know, the person puts the person on the pedestal, they get the, the chosen one, the perfect one, and they might be illusionary in process, and the person that puts on the pedestal, if they like it, they feel like the they feel like the perfect one. They feel like I'm exactly what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm being right where I need to be, when in reality, the majority of the time, the people who are on the pedestal have no clue what they want. Yeah, so this is the specific right. um, expression here with uh, putting someone on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which has to do with control, perfectionism, mm-hmm. judgment, and illusion. Right. So there is this uh, illusion in the first place that things have to be perfect, and there is only the one and only. Right. And then the ego sort of makes itself. It creates the story around it. Yep. So putting somebody on a pedal stool is an ego illusion. Mm-hmm. And usually, you can probably confirm this too, it leads to a really deep fall. So yes. it's a it's an artificial elevation, mm-hmm. powered, fueled by the ego, the third chakra, really solar plexus, really, and um, that uh, leads to uh, this. Uh, you know, you can you can call this a white picket fence. Uh, um, if compared with that, you know, idea, um, <coughs> uh, white knight in shining armor, you know, Miss Goody Two Shoes. These are all projections of mm-hmm. our ego as to how we want to. To things to be right. but at the same time um, this also creates extremely unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. and extremely um, a big uh, imbalances here as in uh, to the, the the realism of this all right so putting somebody on a pedal stool works only for as long as the one that's being put on the pedal stool um, acts according to plan right and the moment the person does not act according to plan or that ego illusion, the fall is very deep. And then usually followed by total annihilation. Yes. Okay. And, you know, there are a lot of holidays that are out there that I feel are just built on commercialism. They're just built on go out and buy crap. And I think one of them is Valentine's Day. And then they're like, oh, it's a time for you to show love and affection because, you know, all the other 364 days, you're not supposed to do that. I mean, <laughs> what about Christmas? You're supposed to, you know, show affection and that you love someone by buying them consumer goods on Christmas. So because we've had these days happen in our culture, you know, 50, 60, maybe even 100 years, is there an energetic resonance with these days that is either higher or lower that could actually pull a person who's normally energetically grounded into a depressed state whether and based on whether or not they are currently with someone are you more likely to feel depressed or can you get pulled into that lower level of vibration even on a subconscious level even if you are strong of course you always can yeah you can if you have a if if you have an unprocessed 
part of you or you just went through a tough breakup or whatever and then one of these holidays comes up or you know it doesn't matter what holiday it is it you can always get triggered it can t- it can take a song it can take you know a, a movie you watch it can take an event in your life and that's where you know the spiritual training comes in you know all of a sudden now you feel sad you feel alone you feel guilty you feel bad whatever and if you don't work to change that and face it you can easily get pulled down there anybody can that's that the ego is always there no matter how um, advanced your energetic state becomes or how high your conscious level goes, your ego is still there. So it can always get triggered. And the only thing you can do is learn how to understand your own triggers, understand the payoffs you're getting. So when those times do come up, instead of going into the downward spiral and eating the entire gallon of ice cream and, you know, crying yourself to sleep because you had no one with you on Holland, you know, Valentine's Day, you learn how to balance yourself. You learn how to realize, okay, you know, I'm okay. And you learn how to, to handle these things and to see what triggers are still there so you can work on those. These kind of holidays, Ryan, are detrimental for people because they actually increase uh, the very thing we just talked about the expectation and uh, the ego illusion that things have to be perfect and what these um these holidays such as um you know um, christmas which is related to like gratitude right and and um uh, uh, valentine's day related to true love what they do in us they create this this picture perfect in us that is actually unreachable and so everybody plays along and produces this picture perfect on the outside but uh, deep down there's a a very um, strong emptiness in people whether they're in a relationship or not so that's why um, these kind of holidays are always uh, the times where people go through a really a dark night of their soul around these times because um, when uh, these th- th- there's so much pressure built up towards um, uh, creating this picture perfect that if this doesn't occur or even if it does but the fulfillment part does not set in the gratification part does not set in so during the, the Christmas holidays for instance every year we do a special show dedicated to that because um, we know that people go through a really hard time. It doesn't matter if they have family or not. It doesn't matter if they have um, partners or not. It just creates this uh, enormous collective stress um, on everybody to be uh, in a certain way. (coughs) And every time we try to be in a certain way, we set ourselves up for failure. We set ourselves up for disappointment. On the and, side note, though, I mean, I love Valentine's Day for other reasons, you know. I love uh, making uh, little packages for uh, my kids' uh, schoolmates, and um, there, there are some beautiful things uh, with this as well. So the original meaning, you know, of uh, showing someone, you know, special uh, your affection is not um, a bad idea. It's just something, obviously, that we want to do as you said, 367 and not, not only on that one day. But if somebody is aware of that, uh, then there's nothing wrong, you know, with with uh, creating a beautiful Valentine's Day ceremony, you know, and, and cooking a great dinner or, you know, like celebrating that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's only um, the, the pressure and the consumerism that you've mentioned 
you know, that create these these unrealistic expectations that throw people into this uh, disappointment. All right, and I guess the uh, final question I have is that on the Heart Words Radio, it's to strengthen the heart, make you strong. Is there anything a person can do to, let's say, magnify their chances of not only just finding love, but uh, having more love in their life? So regardless if you have the romantic connections, can you do other things to pull stronger people in your life and to, to feel ultimately happier and to find more kind-hearted people in your life? Yes, of course. Yeah, the the big thing you do is understand what love is. The the biggest thing you can do to have more love in your life is understand love is not has nothing to do with anybody else. You can have love for someone, but the energetic state of love is something you can align to and learn more about and begin to find it in your life. It's all around us. But as we align to that energy, we align to the energy of love and unconditional love, we begin to see that everything is beautiful and wonderful just as it is, even the not-so-nice stuff, because it's an expression. And as you do that, what happens is, is you begin to enhance your energetic state again, and then what happens is you enhance your energetic state, you change the entire context of what you're feeling and seeing. So at a lower energetic state, the world may feel very painful and, and, and sad and suffering and even fearful, but as you begin to work on yourself and you begin to enhance your energetic state, you begin to see it truly is beautiful. You begin to see that everything is just fine the way it is, and as you do that and you begin to feel that love in your life and inside of you, then the people that you pull to you, the people that you, you, you're naturally drawn toward to or end up meeting, begin to represent that as well. On a practical level, the way to implement this, and I actually do recommend this to quite a lot of people in energy coaching, um, if they don't have a partner but they would like to work towards that and, and towards these these aspects of lovingness that Jeff just um, described, um, there are a few things that a person can do very on a very practical level, and that is one, uh, to connect more with nature mm-hmm. and uh, to uh, get a pet. Yeah. You know, um, I would say the perfect Valentine's gift to anyone who doesn't have a partner um, who is not allergic against <coughs> dogs or cats um, and uh, the, the rental contract allows it, get yourselves a little puppy, get yourselves a kitty. That will raise your vibration and will teach you lovingness mm-hmm. on the most unconditional level possible. Yep. I have two dogs and a cat. They all run my life, and I assure you, since I've gotten them, I, I can, yep. even, I can even tolerate people once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> even yourself? <laughs> once, once in a while. <laughs> this gentleman, this Mr. Jeff Casper. Thank you, everybody. And, uh, this concludes today's edition of Heart Warriors Radio. I'm Ryan McCormick. Thank you so much for being with us. To learn more about Mr. Jeff Casper, Ms. Jenna Brendan, by going to the website at transcodes.com. Learn more about me by going to outoflimitsradio.com. That's where you can actually find archives of Heart Warriors Radio as well. Till the next time we uh, see you, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.